railroaded the targeting and caging of Ross Ulbricht. Hello and welcome to the Railroaded Podcast. This podcast is about the targeting and caging of Ross Ulbricht. My name is Gary Leland from the Crypto Podcaster website. You may know me from my other podcasts, such as the Crypto Cousins Podcast and the 4-Minute Crypto Show. Now, today's episode of Railroad is a trailer for you to help introduce you to the podcast series and what it's about, give you an idea of what's in store for you, and a little background on Ross Ulbricht. Now, today, Ross's mother, Lynn, is here to help me explain everything to you. So it's not just me talking. We have Lynn here. Lynn, thanks for joining me. Oh, well, thanks so much for the opportunity. I think this uh, hopefully will get a lot of listens because I feel the more people we can get listening, the more people we can get finding out about Ross, it can't do anything but help. Agreed. No, absolutely. Now, we're going to be playing over the next eight weeks, Railroaded, the targeting and caging of Ross Ulbrich. And this is a podcast series, behind-the-scenes information that most people have never heard before, a peek into the inner working and conflicts in the Silk Road story, and they get to meet the people involved, more or less. I do have a few questions for you uh, that we can go over so we can help explain to everybody what this is all about in case they've been in a corner and are not familiar with this situation. Are you ready, Lynn? Yeah, absolutely. What was Silk Road? Ross created Silk Road when he was 26 years old. Uh, he was on fire for freedom and very um, passionate about free markets and the, monet uh, the potential for monetary freedom with Bitcoin. And he put up a, a website which allowed a real free market, although it did have limitations. So it wasn't strictly speaking that because anything that harmed people a third party that was not voluntary, that was forced on people, was not allowed. So, for example, no child pornography was allowed on the site, no stolen property, things like that. But uh, otherwise, it was an open market where it was between the buyer and seller what was exchanged. Mo there were a lot of drugs sold on it, mostly, according to a Carnegie Mellon study, the majority was small users' amounts of marijuana. And this was all exchanged on the website, kind of like eBay. It was very similar to eBay, but it had um, a privacy element to it. And you could only use Bitcoin. So it was actually the first proof of use of Bitcoin as a, a viable currency. And so now a days, marijuana is legal most everywhere. And I'm not saying that was the only drug that you could buy on. No, there. I'm just saying overwhelmingly the majority of, yeah, it was yeah. pretty much. So, so, and so the majority of drugs that were sold on the website are now legal in half the states, probably, or, or it's going to be soon half the states. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Ross was arrested for this website yes. running. When was he arrested? He was arrested October 1st of 2013. And when he was originally arrested, I know we've talked several times before, but I don't think I've ever asked you this, Lynn. When he was originally arrested for this, did everyone... You, when you found out, and when Ross was arrested, did you realize how serious this was going to turn out? I mean, what this possible outcome could be, that it could be what happened? Absolutely not. I mean, Ross had never been in trouble. He's a first-time offender. He's never been in trouble with the law. He's an idealist who made a website and 
uh, he was not a criminal at all or never been in trouble. He was a scholarship student. To have Ross arrested at all and then to hear some of the allegations like murder for hire, which, by the way, was never charged at trial and has since been dismissed with prejudice. But the media loves that stuff. And that's been out there. It's totally Ross um, denies it. And it's false. But in any case, this was I knew that wasn't true because I know my son. I know, he, you know, he's never been violent towards anyone. So, yes, we were shocked. And then I was once the, when that judge gave him a double life sentence plus 40 years for all nonviolent charges, first time offender, I literally went into shock. I actually ended up in the hospital. It was devastating to think that in this country, a sentence like that would be given to a young first-time offender who was never uh, accused of causing any death or bodily harm to anyone. So how many people were, was Ross convicted of killing to get that sentence? Zero. Wait a second. He got two life terms. Okay, how much money did he steal, I guess, must give my question, and if he didn't kill anyone, how much money did he steal? Did he, like, rob an armored car? Or? Zero. What was, uh, hmm. Okay, so... Uh, I'm confused. What was Ross exactly? What was Ross convicted of? What when the conviction is written down or whatever, what was the conviction on? What was it that he said was so bad that he did that he needed two life terms? Well, two life terms wasn't enough. They had to throw another 40 on there just in case. Well, the details are on our website, but basically it was a conspiracy charge because it's basically saying that someone who is running a website is responsible for what's sold on the website, which by that same logic is saying that Jeff Bezos is responsible for what's sold on Amazon, Craig Newmark on Craigslist, Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook. And of course, illegal things are sold on those sites as well. So it was conspiracy. It wasn't that Ross actually sold drugs, but it was conspiracy to sell drugs. And they bloated on several, they sentenced him on fewer, but basically that was it. And then they threw on the kingpin charge. They're basically saying that a website host is the same as Pablo Escobar or El Chapo, <laughs> who are responsible for many deaths. That blatantly kill people. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, you know, uh, and calling Ross a kingpin in order to load on more time and make him seem more evil when he's actually not at all. And he, you know, the thing is, Ross is a lot older and wiser now. He was a a young guy who was very passionate about freedom and he's grown up, he's matured. And to not give him a second chance in his whole life is just abominable. Well, you mentioned there selling drugs, Pablo Escobar. I saw uh, a number, I don't want to go through them all, but how many years did the person who actually sold the most drugs on this website get? The person who actually took the orders, received the money, and sent out the packages. How much time did he receive? He got 10 years. So he gets 10 years for using Ross's website, and Ross gets two life terms and still four times more in the 40 years than this guy got. And Ross just built the website, basically. He never actually, he never, they, now, I want to make sure I understand. They didn't send the drugs to Ross by some chance. No. And then Ross shipped out the packages. Not at all. So, that, okay, I want to make sure that wasn't what was happening. Because I'm Not still trying to all. figure out 10 years for actually doing the drug running. And in two life, this just kind of gets, gets me right. clear. 
How long has Ross been in prison now? He's starting his sixth year. It'll be seven years in October, October 1st. And he's not in, like, the county jail. No. What, what kind of prison is Ross in? Well... I know it changes. He's been moving around, but as a general. Yeah, thank goodness, because, the well, the, despite the fact that his security score would put him in a camp because he's so peaceful, nonviolent, you know, no, the, all his convictions were nonviolent. Because of his life sentence that this judge gave him, he was put in a maximum security prison in Florence, Colorado, which is very violent, has violent gangs, dangerous inmates, and it was really a hellhole that he survived for a year and a half, and, but then he refused to assault another inmate. They have this thing where you get pressured, two of you, to assault who they consider a snitch or a child molester, and he was pressured to do that, and he refused to do that. He said, I'm not going to do that. I don't beat people, <laughs> you know. And uh, so he was put in protective custody because that put his life in danger by refusing. And thankfully, he was ultimately, after spending three and a half months in an eight by 10 metal box with no windows, uh, he was sent to Tucson, USP Tucson, still maximum security, but for people who are targeted in the system. And it's so the people in there are not violent. It's, so it's much better place now he's there. So if uh, Ross had been given 80 years, which would probably be sufficient, I would think, <laughs> yeah. he would not be in this particular prison. No. He would be in a place where people who never killed anyone or never right. done any violence go, rather than in the toughest prison of all prisons. Yeah, well, Florence was one step below the Supermax. You know, it, it was the, that prison, because the Supermax is right next door, there are people who are accused of killing people, even in mediums, lower security than Ross is in. So what are we going to find out during this podcast series? Kind of give us a brief scenario. For me, it was a jaw-dropping revelation to work on this project because it's a very complicated case and there's a lot of things involved and a lot of people involved. And the mainstream media basically gives a pretty shallow and often inaccurate coverage of it. They don't dig in. It's a lot of work. And that was one of the reasons that we put this up there is so that it would make it easier for journalists to really dig in. It's it's cited. It's like almost 400 footnotes in it, backing it up. It's riveting, really. You, you get to see how the criminal justice system works and how investigations work, how the, the rivalries between agencies and um, how really... A, as far as I can tell, they're more interested in getting their trophy than they are getting the actual perpetrator or perpetrators. So there's a lot of things in there that people, even people who have learned about the site a lot and kind of studied it, say they didn't know. They're like, wow, I had no idea that was in there. You'll get to meet the people involved. We have, in almost every case, a photograph of the people who were the investigators and prosecutors and people involved so that it makes it very interesting, I think, to see that this is really a story unfolding. And it's a much more interesting story and riveting story than what the usual mainstream media story is. Our criminal justice system is extremely broken. And this is a, a very good example. And we kind of delve into uh, lots of different ways that justice was not done in Ross's case. Uh, and we, it goes all the way up through the sentencing and the entire process. And, you know, Ross is not unique. This is being done to people all the time. 
And our criminal justice system is feeding mass incarceration to the point that the United States is the largest incarcerator in the world. And sentences are ridiculously excessive. And life sentences have quintupled since the 80s. And there are over 17,000 nonviolent people. Ross knew many of them in in, uh, Florence who are serving life. There's a guy there serving life for marijuana in the state. The prison's located in the state where it's legal, but the property it's on is federal, and he is serving life for marijuana. This is going on in our country. This is wrong. Railroaded is just giving people an inside view of as much as we could get with the public record. There's a lot of things that are still sealed, undisclosed, and unencrypted that we can't get. But even what we were able to get is pretty revelatory. Well, this podcast series is going to come out in eight episodes for everybody who's listening. And every episode is probably going to be about 20, 25 minutes. I do want to say this is narrated by Adrian Bassan. Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, yes. And his, he is fantastic. He's oh great. Oh, my gosh. And I want to make sure everybody knows, I had nothing to do with putting this together. This is just a great episode. And my goal is, I think, the more people that know about Ross's situations, the better his chances are are being free. This was created by the Free Ross team. How did this come together? Well, we were just so frustrated at the misinformation and shallow information that was being put out there and that there was so much that people didn't know. And actually, I was talking to Ross and he would say something. I go, oh, really? And he goes, you don't know that? You know, I didn't even know that. So we thought we got to pull this together. And it was actually we were advised by someone who also fought the government who said, you need to make it easy for people to and journalists and people looking into this to find the meat. And so it really came out of her suggestion. And then we thought, we got to do this. It's too complicated. And um, I would like to say something because about Adrian and the other people working on it. This was volunteer effort. And Adrian himself was a volunteer. And he was great, as you said. And he put a lot of work into he it. Is people great. who believe, yeah, believe in the cause, who believe in Ross, who don't think he should be in a cage for the rest of his life and know that we don't have a ton of money to, you know, pay for a professional this and that. And it, he just stepped up like other people who helped with research and footnotes and all of that. So it was, a, it was, yeah, we couldn't have done it without the people who volunteered. Well, that's great because it's just a great production. And I also want to make sure everybody knows that they should sign and share Ross's clemency petition, which they can find at freeross.org slash petition. And if I'm correct, we're at over 170,000 people have signed. Yeah. This isn't like some little thing. This is a a movement, 170,000 people. I mean, a lot of people say something or are interested in something, but to take the time to go sign it really is more than you think. It's harder for people to do. Yep. And well, and, and, but it really, to do it, it only takes a, a minute. But at the same time, you're right, to get people to take action. 170,000 people. It's yeah. not complicated. It takes seconds. But to get someone to do it, to take that five seconds or one minute is a, a major deal. Also, go to Free Ross. Just go to freeross.org for additional information on this series. All the footnotes are there. Yeah, if you want to read it instead of listen, you can go there and it's the, the the document itself is readable, you know, and that's where all the footnotes are and a link. And there's links to videos on YouTube also about it. I mean, there's a ton of information on yes. this there. And 
these episodes have been on podcasts. Peter McCormick had it on his podcast. Hmm? I guess sure this is basically the first time it's been a podcast that that's all it is, is Ross's Railroaded. Um, mm-hmm. And Peter did a great job with his. I like Peter a lot. Is there anything else you want to tell everyone before we end? Just want to thank you, Gary, for your steadfast support and interest in this and really going past the superficial into what this is really about and for your commitment to freedom and to what we're trying to do. It really means a lot and I, and we really appreciate it. And, you know, we need help from people like you and, and others. We need help and ways to help are on freeross.org. We're just a family fighting for our, our son. So we really appreciate anything people can do. Uh, donations are very much needed, but any connections, uh, just whatever. But thank you so much, Gary, for what you've done for us. Well, they can make donations at freeross.org. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of ways to support Ross. You can even help give him money for the, for eating in the prison store. I mean, or buying stuff in the prison store. I mean, it's a lot. Commissary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of options. You can even, if I'm remembering correctly, y'all even have a link so you can go to Amazon and buy stuff. Yes. And you're just paying the same price you would, but you're helping Ross in the meantime. Exactly. And it doesn't cost you anything. Nope. And it's, a, it's on every footer of the website. Mm-hmm. Well, Lynn, thanks for joining me today. And like I said, I hope this uh, really gets the word out there. Everyone, listen to me. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening right now so you don't miss an episode. And I'd love it if you could give this podcast a great review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. Let's really get the word out there about what's been happening and be one of those 170,000 or I guess soon to be 200,000 people that have signed a petition and go sign that petition. Now, I want to let you know this episode is sponsored by BitBlockBoom Bitcoin Conference. Take a look at the great conference coming to Dallas, Texas at bitblockboom.com. And until the next episode, this is Gary Leland from CryptoPodcaster.com saying thanks for taking the time to listen. Thank you.